Hello and welcome to Let's Enter the Arena. I'm your host, VM Campos, and this is the podcast where I talk with a member of the Magic the Gathering community. This week, I've got a return guest, Alan. How are you? Good, good. How are you? Just fine. Just, uh, you know, uh, being very productive, doing laundry. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's an important thing to do. Yeah, once in a while, because, you know, what am I going to wear to pre-release? <laughs> So thanks for joining me on the show. Uh, what would you like to promote? Well, I can be found on Twitter at twitter.com slash Brashara1 and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Brashara. Uh, both of those are spelled B-R-A-S-H-A-R-A. And I'm streaming every Sunday and every Monday. Cool. We're just kind of working our way up the ladder again, waiting for the reset. Uh, we're in Mythic now, so we'll probably get put back in Diamond, and then we'll be climbing back up again, shooting for a world, you know, world as high as we can get. So we're having a follow-up episode. Speaking of pre-release, uh, uh, Ravnica Allegiance is out, so we've had some chance to play, especially on Arena, since we got uh, we got to play with the cards pretty early, right? Yeah, absolutely. I was playing them on Arena. I was playing them in pre-release in store. I was playing with proxied tokens in store, testing <laughs> decks. I've been having a blast with RNA. It's been fantastic. Cool. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to uh, cover three cards that we're liking at the moment. I'll mention one, pass it to you, pass it back and forth, and we'll see what are we liking with this brand new set. Sounds good to me. So um, my my I guess my philosophy overall is, uh, yeah, I'd like to win once in a while, but I'm not a kind of a person that's going to go really overboard with like amazing combos and really like grind, you know, grind tournaments or whatever. So uh, that's just my long way of saying like, I like jank. So <laughs> I, uh, doesn't everyone like jank? Well, once in a while, I hope, cause it's so much fun. Yeah, absolutely. So my first card is footlight fiend. It's a single Rakdos mana. So either red or black mana. It's just a one, one creature devil. And I like it for a couple of reasons. Uh, I love turn one plays, and okay, great, you get a 1-1 one, one, turn one, but that's going to tie into my next cards that I'm going to talk about, so I have a little bit of synergy. What it also does is it when, when it dies, it deals one damage to any target. Okay, so uh, opponent, uh, their creature, or planeswalker, whatever. So I like this card. It's just like something to do really early on, which will tie into something a little later. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is actually one of those cards that's kind of like all wrapped up in sort of what I like to call the Judith puzzle, mm -hmm. which is an as yet unsolved puzzle by basically every person playing the Magic the Gathering card game, mm -hmm. where everyone is trying to figure out how is Judith good. I think everyone knows Judith is good, yeah, but nobody can find the 60 cards. Like every deck looks great and then it plays like it's okay. Or, but like, or some of them are just awful. Some of them are terrible, mm -hmm. and some of them are like fine. But like, you look at Judith and you're like, this is the centerpiece of a great deck. Mm -hmm. But I have no idea what that deck is. Like, and I think Footlight Fiend is like very much a piece of the Judith puzzle, along with like several other cards. But that's one of the ones that's like most solidly there. Mm -hmm. I think it's also just a great spectacle enabler. I mean, like, what's that? Light up the stage. The the yeah. three mana red instant like. If you cast a Footlight Fiend on turn one and you attack them with it like once or twice and they don't block, and then you attack them with it and they do block, and then you cast Light Up the Stage, mm -hmm. like you basically got three damage for free. You got your card back. 
because it turned your light up the stage on. So like mm-hmm. a lot of people are like, oh, I don't like to play one ones for one that don't necessarily have like a big effect like Land of War Elves. But like mm-hmm. I think this card in the kind of yeah. in the spectacle decks, I think that Footlight Fiend like frequently either gives you a return in card advantage with light up the stage or a huge tempo advantage in turning skewer the critics into just lightning bolt. Oh, sure. And I think that people underestimate you look at that card on its own. And you're like, maybe this is a little bit weak. You know, it's certainly not Rakdos Cackler. It's not just a 2-2 for one. Mm-hmm. But once you start factoring in how it plays with all the other cards, it becomes a really solid card. Yeah, when I was first seeing spoilers for RNA, I was thinking, well, I'm going to go with Orzhov maybe. I like the black and white concept of it. But then as I started cracking packs and drafting a little bit, I started to gravitate towards Rakdos. So uh, that's that's why I picked this one at the moment. What about yourself? So my first card is Hydroid Crisis. Almost the exact opposite and archenemy of Footlight Fiend. Uh, Footlight Fiend says, I do a little bit with a little bit, and maybe I am, you know, greater than the sum of my parts. Mm -hmm. Hydroid Crisis says, if you dedicate your entire deck to me, I will win the game for you. (laughs) I love huge effects. Like, my entire time playing Magic, uh, or at least most of it, I've been considered a control mage. But the reason isn't maybe the same reason as other people it's when the last time that i came back to magic Mm -hmm. um the cards that you could choose from to play that were really good you could play like pack rat or you could play um you know a bunch of small blue creatures in the mono blue devotion deck and try to like build these decks that were like greater than the sum of their parts Mm -hmm. or decks that would like put your opponent off balance and then hit them or you could be the guy casting Supreme Verdict and <laughs> Sphinx's Revelation. And for me, it wasn't even like, man, I love Counterspell. It was like, I want to draw X cards and gain X life over and over. Yeah. That seems amazing. I want to cast Elspeth's Sun's Champion. Like, mm-hmm. that's what I want to do, you know? And so Hydroid Crisis is just the next coming of Sphinx's Revelation. Like, I've been playing Expansion Explosion for... Mm-hmm you know, months now, and I'm like, man, I wish this card did anything other than do damage. And they gave me Hydroid yeah. Crisis, I'm like, oh my gosh, it gains life, it draws cards, it blocks, it eventually Flies wins the game, tramples. I guess. Yeah, it eventually wins the game, but who cares? I'm just gonna draw cards. You cast the Hydroid Crisis, you draw another Hydroid Crisis, you're like, oh man, <laughs> it's just Sphinx's Revelation flashbacks all over. I, hit, I played one earlier today, I was testing the deck, and I cast a Hydroid Crisis for 12, Mm-hmm. And then I flipped a Hadana's climb, and I doubled its power, and I twenty-two'd my opponent. Oh wow! Yeah, you're living the dream with that jellyfish yeah, hydra beast. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Yeah, it was unbelievable. I loved it. Yeah, this is the this is like the top value card at the moment. Well, value as in actual monetary value, apparently, because I check out prices and such here and there, and apparently mm-hmm. that's the one that's at the top at the moment. That uh so far in this uh in this environment that's the that's the big money card so all you need is the uh the foil version and then you can retire (laughs) i still i already have two of them i've gotten very lucky wow and so i was saying earlier this week that hydroid crisis either a card you want like three or four of or a card you want zero of so while it's (laughs) the most valued card right now it's either going to go it's either going to stay there or it's going to tank immediately and as we are speaking now the Star City Games Open has just concluded, and first place was Sultai Midrange, and mm-hmm. second place was Bant Midrange. So I guess it's going to stay where it is. Mm-hmm. And you know <laughs> what they say, Havoc is a small price to pay for data. Yeah. <laughs> 
Absolutely. I love that flavor text. That's unbelievable. Yeah, the whole Vorth, uh, Vorthos aspect of uh, uh, Ravnica Allegiance has uh, been pretty top-notch with uh, great flavor text, great art, and great story and everything. Yeah, I think that Ravnica was the same way. I think that Dominaria kind of brought Standard back into vogue with these very well-designed, very powerful cards. And so I was kind of wondering what we would have sort of after that. And we had the corset, and the corset was fine, mm-hmm. you know, but it's a corset. It's not supposed to be super exciting. Yeah. So I was waiting to see what the next super exciting sets because sets have not disappointed from fun designs to incredible artwork. I think the artwork in Ravnica is noticeably better than I've ever seen in Magic cards before. I mean, like everything, like down to the commons, they're just gorgeous. There are cards that I look at and I'm like, oh my God, I want to play this. It looks so cool. I think um, so. Uh, just little sidebar rant over here. I wish they had done for the core set or Dominaria. I wish they had bu- uh, brought back some of the classic artists from way back in the 90s. I think they had maybe Mark Poole do a couple of lands, but I wanted to see Richard Kane Ferguson, Kaja Foglio, Margaret Organ Keane, all these names that no one knows nowadays. But I wish they had <laughs> I done. I certainly don't know any of them. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the ones that I grew up with that were like, if you look at them, if you compare with them now, Days. okay they're amateur compared to now but back in the day they were amazing and you know something like uh, i think it's called winter blast it's an old green card that would actually deal damage with x um that was a kaja foglio piece and just the art on that was very cool uh so yeah sidebar sidebar rant over <laughs> Well, my second card, um, relating with the Footlight Fiend and with um, Spectacle, is Drillbit. This is a sorcery. It's a two generic plus one black or Spectacle cost of one black. So if you get out that Footlight Fiend turn one, you do a little damage turn two, you can pay Spectacle for Drillbit. And what that does is one of my favorite degenerate things, target player reveals their hand. You choose a non-land card from it and that player discards it. So I love that sort of discard disruption. Uh, it doesn't quite win tournaments and such, but I really like to mess with my opponent's hand. Like, what do you have in your hand today? And what can I get rid of that'll really break your strategy? So I have yet to be drill bit. Drill bitted? Mm-hmm. Drilled? I don't know what we're calling this, drill, but I have yet to bat. have it happen to me. Drill bat? But um, I have yet to have it happen to me. But today, I've played so many games mm-hmm. where I just like, my opponent attacks me, and I'm at like, I have like two cards in hand, and one of them is really important. And they attack me, and I'm just like, well, no blocks. Really hope nobody casts drill bit. Yeah. Like, I'll have like land hydroid crisis, and I'll have like 40 mana. And I'll just be like, welp, go. Hope you don't drill bit me. And then they don't, and I breathe the biggest sigh of relief, which I think means this card is great. Yeah. Like, nobody is playing it, but it's great. Mm-hmm. It's going to sneak up on you if it. Uh, if it, if you ever if it happens to you, especially with the spectacle cost, you really have to doff your hat. Yeah, I mean it is. Ooh, it's an all star, and, and uh, I have just been sitting there hoping nobody casts it on me all day today. Well, uh, when we fire up a one v one, I'll be sure to do it. So no problem. <laughs> <laughs> now this is this is one of these uh, pieces of art that like okay, Rakdos, I have a love hate relationship with it because okay, they're like these uh, Cirque du Soleil. Uh, acrobats from hell and um it's like uh, i kind of like 
the cards, but then not the guild. It's just too weird for me. I don't know. And then this art is like that too. This guy's having a really good time. He's crowd surfing. He's blindfolded. Oh, and then this guy, this uh, Harlequin, is coming up to him with a with a a big old drill to to trepan him. So really weird guild. Well, you could say the Rakdos are never boring. <laughs> I could sometimes <laughs> get yes. you back in the flavor text. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I absolutely, I don't know. I love the Rakdos fantasy. I think it's so sweet, like spooky clowns and mm-hmm. all this other stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. There was, uh, I started to read the, the one of the recent stories on the, on the magic website about uh, Rakdos. It's, it's apparently uh, a demon that's falling in love with, uh, with like a shopkeeper and he's going to her shop every once in a while. And he's, you know, the classic, uh, uh, demon meets girl, girl falls in love with demon story. Mm-hmm. So I've read a few paragraphs of that, and I, I didn't get to finish it, but uh, it seems interesting. And yeah, spooky clowns and and uh, just weirdness in the part of Rakdos. Yeah. <laughs> what's your What's your next card? So my second card is another green card. It is Growth Chamber Guardian, a card that I think is absolutely unbelievable. Uh, Growth Chamber Guardian is the two mana 2 2 with adapt for three. It has adapt two, so it becomes a 4 4. And whenever a counter is placed on it, you get to search your library for another card with the same name. So, Growth Chamber Guardian is a modest two drop. It's a 2 2. But if you draw it late in the game, it can be like two or three 2 twos. Mm-hmm. I've had turns where I just have so much mana and I'm trying to draw something big. And you can only put so many big cards in your deck. You can only play four Hydroid Crisis, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, for your curve, you can't really play billions and billions of small spells. Um, and you can't play a ton of big ones. But Growth Chamber Guardian bridges the gap. It's kind of like this. It's not an actual split card, but on turn two, it's a 2-2. Two, two. Mm-hmm. And then on turn five, it's a 4-4 four, four and a 2-2. Two, two. And then on turn, like, eight... It's two four fours in a two two. Yeah, and you know this only gets escalated if you're producing more mana, if you're ramping that kind of thing. But it's like this card that scales with the game in a way that's just incredible. And I think a lot of players underestimate that because it it looks like a clunky card. It's definitely not not clunky. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely it scales with the game in a way that's really really unparalleled. And in addition to that, there are several other cards that just break it right open. If you have a Rhythm of the Wild, you just choose plus one, plus one counter, and it comes into play. You pay two mana. You get a 3-3 that gets another card out of your deck for you. Mm -hmm. gets you another Growth Chamber Guardian. Then for two mana, you cast that. You choose plus one, plus one counter. You get another 3-3. You get to go through your deck and get another Growth Chamber Guardian. And so for six mana, you can have nine power. Mm -hmm. Um, The same thing happens with Hadana's Climb. With a Hadana's Climb, you play one, and you can just tutor up all the other copies by putting counters on the first one while just going about your business. You know, you don't even need to, because it doesn't say when you adapt, it says when you put a counter on it. Yeah. So you can cast one on turn two, cast Hadana's Climb on turn three, put a counter on it, get another one. Then on turn four, you can just cast like a Jade Light Ranger or a Circuitous Root or whatever whatever it is you want to do, and then just idly put a counter on the Growth Chamber Guardian again, grab another Growth Chamber Guardian. So you just keep getting Growth Chamber Guardians for free. And it's also unbelievable in the Elves deck because it's an Elf. So you can play a Pelt Collector on one mm-hmm. and play a Growth Chamber Guardian on two and you know just kind of start going off that way with the critical mass of Elves. Or later in the game, you draw one, and if you have a large Marwyn, you tap it for like six or seven mana. And we were talking about how Growth Chamber Guardian is great on turn eight. Mm-hmm. Well, that's because on turn eight, you have eight mana. Mm-hmm. If you tap a Marwyn for Growth Chamber Guardians, like it gets unbelievable. It gets crazy so fast. Uh, and so the card just, it's just like this very solid card 
that in some situations is so much better than that. And I think that's exactly what you want from a magic card. Yeah, like you said, it scales early on in the game. It can uh, fulfill a purpose, and then later on, it fulfills another purpose. I had someone play uh, play it against me on Arena uh, before I knew it. They did summon all four of them, and they were suddenly getting big. And I'm like, well, they uh, uh, they steamrolled me. I didn't quite see this elf crab warrior come out uh, out <laughs> of nowhere, and uh, suddenly here it is in all the whole squad. It vaguely reminds me of that one in Ixalan, that one vampire that brings the other vampires when you summon it. Uh, Legion also- Conquistador, yeah. I believe. Yeah, something like that, exactly how... Well, this one's got way more upside because, again, it works in the early game or the later game, whereas the other one is just like, let me bring all my Conquistadors at once together and then uh, th- they'll stomp you, but this one will really stomp you. Mm-hmm. This one's much bigger. Mm-hmm. And then the art uh, uh, the art of it, if you... On first, oh, yeah. first, glance, first glance, it looks like, okay, he's got big old crab hands, but no, he's got four hands, two regular hands and then two more crab hands. So he's uh, yep. ambidextrous or tr- tribidextrous. <laughs> yeah, it is a really cool looking card. I wish this one. I wish this one had enough space on it to have some flavor text because it is cool. Yeah, I bet. It, I bet it would. Um, it's just again the the flavor and the art of the set is just top notch, and uh, I like the um, inclusion of the guild watermark behind everything. So at a glance, you get a sense of well, these cards relate to each other. So you see the nice little simic watermark behind it. So in foil, it must also look nice. Oh, the foils look great in this set. I pulled a foil, uh, I don't remember the exact name of that new mystic snake, frilled something. Um, Might even just be frilled mystic. It might be frilled mystic. It is frilled mystic. I pulled a foil frilled mystic, and that thing looks gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Like, unbelievably good. Like, all the foiling, all the art, it's all great. Let's see here, my third card. Okay, so this is the one that uh, ties all of it together. So I had the Footlight Fiend and the Drill Bit. And uh, the third one is Ill-Gotten Inheritance. So this is the enchantment for four. Uh, Three generic and one black. At the beginning of your upkeep, Ill-Gotten Inheritance deals one damage to each opponent and you gain one life. So that's your automatic uh, trigger for Spectacle. In Rakdos, every turn, you're definitely hitting them for one, and Spectacle triggers right away because it's at your upkeep. So you're ready to do the... um, uh, What's that one uh, red one again? We just said it earlier. Skewer the Critics or Light Up the Stage. Yeah, Skewer the Critics or Light Up as well. But uh, yeah, in Rakdos, and it works perfectly because there's your black and red enchantment. uh, Four mana, so you know it'll come in there eventually, but then it'll keep giving you many returns. Yeah, absolutely. So my favorite thing, you've actually, you've picked the best card you could have picked. (laughs) So in order to talk to you about this card, we must first discuss another card, Mm -hmm. which is Eyes Everywhere. It is a three blue enchantment, or sorry, blue two colorless enchantment that lets you scry one on your upkeep. But for six mana, you can trade it for any other permanent. So you give it to that player and you take a permanent of your choice. I'm not sure if it says non-land or not. Um, yes, but non-land. It, it is non-land. Okay, but so we were we had a two-headed giant pre-release at my shop this weekend, mm-hmm. and multiple people were playing uh, this card uh, just because you know it lets you scry, and multiple people were playing the enchantment you picked uh, because in 
two-headed giant, it actually hits each player. Mm -hmm. um, so it deals two damage, and you, you still only gain one life because of the way it's worded, mm -hmm. but it deals two damage. And so we were frequently ending up in spots where two players would just trade. They would just trade. You'd go six mana. Here is my eyes everywhere. I will take your ill-gotten inheritance. Because if your <laughs> ill-gotten inheritance triggers, I will die. Because I am it too. This yeah. didn't happen once. This didn't happen twice. This didn't happen to one like set of players. This happened in three different matches in the same round where two <laughs> players were paying six mana every turn to trade these two enchantments back and forth so that they one of the teams didn't die. <laughs> so it was a two-headed giant game that just evolved into only two players playing while the other two just tapped out every turn to trade enchantments around the board. Oh, it was so funny. Hilarious. Yeah, it was unbelievable. And I think this card is pretty good. I'd be very interested to see. It's one of those cards that, like, it's going to need a very specific deck to kind of sneak into play. Um, and, I mean, it's going to be incredible everywhere else. You know, it's going to be amazing and casual. Um, the way it plays with all the other spectacle cards is so good for a commander. This yeah. is an incredible commander card. I just think it's great. Uh, the flavor is sweet. I love that it's, like, an Orzov card, but, like, really, it's a Rakdos card. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of snuck in there. Who knows if it was originally going to be, I don't know, pure Rakdos, uh, but then, you know, sort of art-wise and flavor text, it feels Orzhov. So um, who knows how they designed it originally, but that's definitely a Rakdos mechanic. And when I was playing it in Arena, it was like so automatic because I did get it out by turn four. And then like they took their hit right away at the beginning of my upkeep and right away the little cool hellraiser chains flowed through the screen and uh you know indicating uh spectacle cost was met and then i was able to do my spectacle card so that was fun yeah that it's the real deal it's so good and then for the six you it deals four damage to target opponent and you gain four so um that's kind of cool too again a little bit later in the game a little bit more mana a big old four damage in black and uh, you gain some life just to kind of hold off i think the yeah, flavor exactly. text is way too cruel however the suffering of others is not my concern yeah i just love the picture it's like this guy and there's just coins everywhere and he's just kind of hanging out <laughs> like there's just money falling from the sky half the coins are bent god knows what happens there yeah but yeah it's unbelievable yeah it's really cool scene there all right what's your what's your third card my third card is incubation druid i think this card is busted in the same ways as growth chamber guardian but it is so much more broken um like incubation druid is just a green and a colorless for a zero two that taps for one mana of any color that your lands can produce it has adapt for five adapt three hmm. or four i can't quite remember three. it becomes a three five right okay so it has adapt three becomes a three five and once it has counters on it it taps for three mana instead of one so we were just talking about this before. We were talking about Hadana's Climb. We're talking about Rhythm of the Wild and how these cards don't play fair mm -hmm. with Growth Chamber Guardian. Well, they play even less fair with Incubation Dread. We're talking like enormous Hydroid Crises, huge Bane mm -hmm. Fires, kicked fight with fires. This is what I've been doing all day. I've been testing. I'm saying, where is Incubation Druid most broken? I've cast <laughs> turn four. I cast like turn four hellkite hell of skargan hellkites mm -hmm. that have like haste and plus one plus one and then the next turn you just activate it twice to mm -hmm. like deal four damage split up however you choose 
I mean, it has been unbelievable all day. The the burst of mana that Incubation Druid gives you is just insane. I don't know that I'm going to spend... Like, if I'm not playing specifically Kaya's Wrath in this format, my list is starting with four Llanowar Elves, four Growth Chamber Guardian. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, four Llanowar Elves, four Incubation Druid. Mm-hmm. That's where basically all of my non-control lists are starting because the mana advantage that you can leverage with these cards is unbelievable. Yeah, definitely. I'm seeing in this format the ability with Adapt, which I guess is, you know, uh, uh, it was it Monstrous or Monstrosity? Uh, uh, monstrosity, I believe. I think it was Monstrous and you paid the Monstrosity okay, cost. Yes. It's something. You're in that One realm. One of those two. So this is like version 2.0 of that. People have been saying in, in a sense that you can upgrade a creature with a little bit more mana. So it's really cool that you have something to do early on and then something to do later on. And then this, uh, you know, she'll give you so much, so much mana when she's been plus one. So yeah, some crazy bane fires, I bet. Yeah, exactly. I mean, my current list isn't even playing bane fire mm-hmm. because you just get to nine mana for fight with fire so easily. Like the thing about the thing about bane fire is it's good when you have six or seven mana, right? Which is like a reasonable amount of mana to get to. Mm-hmm. But like fight with fire, kind of hard to kick unless you get settled the wreckage a bunch. Mm-hmm. And I think that was kind of the design for the card. But with incubation druid, it's just so easy. Just fight with fire your opponent for ten. Mm-hmm. It's That's just the so one that you can divide, but no one ever divides it, right? It's just ten to the face. Ten to the face. I actually was playing against white weenie earlier today, and you know they had like a whole bunch of guys and like all right. Three to your Benelish Marshal, one to this, one to this, one to this, one to this, three to you, and it just like fell apart. It was mm-hmm. unbelievable. It just they just conceded immediately. <laughs> and yeah, I mean it's Incubation Druid is just unbelievable. Three mana from your two drop. I'm willing to work through so many hoops to kind of generate that effect. <laughs> and then sometimes you just have to have the Incubation Druid attack just for the shock and awe. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That was an inside joke because uh, you shared a screenshot, right, of what, yeah, what happened at that moment. You were just attacking with everything and then, yeah, throw in the 0-2 attacker. Why not? Yeah, I just clicked the attack all button because I knew they were dead and I accidentally sent the 0-2 with it. But, yeah, <laughs> they died. Um, but the other thing about it, kind of the unspoken part of this, like obviously everything that we were just talking about was great. But sometimes the trappings, the trapping of a ramp deck Mm-hmm. is that you build up a ton of mana and then you can't find a payoff. And so mm. I think this format is great. It's flush with ways to mitigate that. We have Adventurous Journey. We have Incubation, uh, which is the front half of the Simic Split card that lets you go five deep looking for a creature. There are so many ways to find creature ramp payoffs. Now there's Domri Chaos Bringer, who can net you as many as two cards. Um, you can even play Light Up the Stage, these kinds of things. But all of this stuff is kind of like wheel spinning. And if you want to stay away from that, Incubation Druid, when you have five mana laying around, just becomes a three-five. Yeah. Like that's a creature she can dominate the battlefield at that size. I it think sometimes just... people, when they see like a zero something, they automatically think defender. But no, this doesn't have defender, of course. So if you're able to adapt her, then yeah, you're attacking with a three-five. Mm-hmm. And it's not really that hard. You know, you play it on turn two. Uh, maybe you have a Lanawar Elf in play. Maybe you don't. But if you have a land, if you go turn one land off, turn two incubation druid. On turn three, you can literally play a land, say go, and if your opponent attacks you, you are representing a three five blocker. Yeah, because you can block with it and then tap it, the land off, and three lands to adapt it into a three five. Like it taps to pay its own adapt cost, mm-hmm. and so it can turn into a three five so fast. And that is just a good card. 
Mm-hmm. Like a three five is just good. We don't even need the gilded lotus effect yet. Yeah. So much of last standard like revolved around getting your creatures to four toughness to keep them out of range of red spells. Mm-hmm. And so much of last standard's ramp decks, they were just foiled by this red deck just burning everything down. So having an additional set of cards that doesn't die to their random burn spells is just so powerful too. Yeah, that's always um, kind of like the balance of the game. Like every color is good and every color could win, of course, with the right conditions. But they're always, I think, kind of uh, trying to balance them so that one is not so dominant against another. Uh, so that's just a testament to the game and the and the minds behind it, just making it better all the time. Absolutely. Well, as we wind down... Uh, what would you like to uh, promote or lead people to social media and such? Yeah, uh, I'm on Twitter at twitter.com slash Bershara1 and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Bershara. That's B-R-A-S-H-A-R-A. Feel free to stop by. Um, my Magic Days have moved. They're now Sunday and Monday. Mm. Um, but every Sunday and every Monday, we're playing some Magic. We're brewing up new decks. We're getting ready to really hit RNA hard, and I'm looking forward to the ladder reset. Yeah. I'm not sure where it'll put me. I'm in Mythic right now, so it'll probably put me in Diamond somewhere. I'm excited to climb back up. Yeah, cool. Okay, as for myself, I'm on all the social media as VM Compost. You'll find me on Twitter, on YouTube, on Patreon. So this has been VM Compost, and I'll see you in the arena.